this morning, as we sing these songs, most of them are just geared towards inviting that Holy Spirit that we've prayed to earlier, that we have relationship with, to just descend on us in a, in a very manifest way.
Sorry, I started on the wrong key. <laughs> we'll start with the chorus then. <laughs> All I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper and love. I will open up again. Throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for the touch. Of heaven, whoa, 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 whoa. How I live for the moments, how I live for the moments where I'm still in your presence. All the noise dies down, Lord, speak to me now. I have all my attention, I will linger and listen, I can't miss a thing, Lord I know my heart wants more of you, my heart wants something new, so I
times that we try to hold things back. We try to keep little sections of our hearts hidden away. Sometimes we don't even know those sections are there. So I just pray that you would open our eyes and reveal things to us. If there are any hidden places, Father, we just dedicate those back to you.
There's nothing worth more that can ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, there's nothing worth more, there's nothing worth more that will ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen I've tasted and seen of the sweetest I love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence To be overcome 
If you'll prepare your communion cup and if you're at home this would be a wonderful time to get something to take communion with and uh, some juice and some bread so you can celebrate with those who are here today just thinking about the songs we've been singing believing in the Holy Spirit they're asking the Holy Spirit to make his presence known here do you know why the Holy Spirit makes His presence known? It's to make Jesus real. The Holy Spirit's whole task is to make Jesus real to people. The Holy Spirit's whole task is to woo people to come and put their faith in Jesus and to cause them to be born again in their hearts. And the Holy Spirit is here this morning to make this communion real to us, to make Jesus Christ again supreme in our hearts. What a wonderful opportunity we have to renew our commitment to Jesus. I'm just thinking, this is the thing that keeps us centered. This is the thing that keeps us absolutely rooted in the presence of Jesus Christ. It's taking communion together every week. Because when we take communion together, Jesus ministers to us in ways that we don't normally experience. Communion is a wonderful time to come and be cleansed of any sins. It's a wonderful time to come and be healed of any sicknesses. It's a wonderful time to be restored in your relationship with God, to be restored in your relationship with one another. And it's all that and so much more. So we think together that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his disciples and he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. All of you take and eat it. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. All of you take and drink it. The apostle Paul says, when we do this, we show the Lord's the manner of the Lord's death, we also reflect on the fact that Jesus is coming back when he'll take the cup with us again in the new kingdom. Isn't that great? So it's a celebration for us. So would you hold the bread in your hand for a moment? Lord, we thank you for your broken body by which we are healed and made whole. Let us eat together. take the cup. Lord, we so thank you for your shed blood on our behalf that cleanses us from sin and makes us one. Let us drink together. Amen.
morning, Arlita. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm great. <laughs> and convincing. Uh, it's humid outside. I moved away from Houston for a reason. There's a lot of rain. There's been a lot of rain. I love rain. Rain's awesome. And I don't like humidity. Yeah. But welcome. Welcome to Mission Vineyard. My name's Arlita. This is my husband. Uh, <laughs> that's just why we have the report we have. Um, we're so glad you're here today, worshiping with us in person and online. Uh, it's great to see you all, um, even persevering through the humidity and the little bit of sprinkling we had this morning. It's turning sunny. But we're happy to have you here. If you are new this morning, um, I may not have yet given you one of our welcome bags. Um, inside this bag has some information about our church, as well as what we call a manna bag. It's just a simple bag you can keep in your car or your backpack as you're going in and about the city. Um, if you see someone who's asking for some cash, I know I never carry cash. And so it's a way to kind of bless people that, you, that may be in need and we don't have any other way to bless them, but we can give some physical, um, tangible ways of blessing them and loving caring for them. So that's what that's for. Also, we have these little connect cards. There's one in the bag as well. But if you, whatever you're comfortable sharing, whether it's your name, email address, phone number, but it's a way just to kind of get in touch with you. We can add you to our weekly newsletter about events going on in the church. And our main events always are small groups. Uh, smallgroups.missionvineyard.org um, is where you'll find details about our groups. We have lots of groups. Some of them are changing over the summer um, as people travel and go away, but some of them also are moving from being online to being in person. So be sure to check out the website for up-to-date details on those types of things, um, including this, this Sunday afternoon at Destiny, who leads um, worship for us this morning. Destiny and James Forward at their house, they do a monthly worship circle um, on their back porch, weather permitting. Um, but if you have a heart for worship, you don't have to have any talent. The Lord loves all worship. Um, and so it's a great time. When they met last month, they had a great time together. Um, so if you have an instrument, you're welcome to bring it. You are also encouraged to bring a lawn chair. So if the weather permits and you're outside, you have a place to sit. But that'll be 3 o'clock this afternoon, and uh, we can get you details all that they're, where, they're, where they live. And then lastly, we just want to pray for all that God's blessed us with um, in our finances. An act of worship is giving back to God what he's given to us. So I'm just going to pray. Most people give online these days, but we do have a basket at the back uh, table um, where the media team sits, and also on your way out by the door if people want to give physically. So Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and worship you. I thank you, Lord, how you bless us individually and collectively as a community. We pray, Lord, that every bit, every penny that you give us, we would turn back to you and thank you for, Lord. Hence, Lord, I pray for the service. I pray for um, John's words to us today, that you would speak uh, through him to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul, would you join me up here? And Arlita, I'm going to take that mic for Paul. You're like skipping like a, like a goat, even though you've been out of the hospital for like a week and a half? Yes. Yes. Paul, you're a man that from the time you started following Jesus, you gave your heart to serve the least of these. You've been serving the homeless, being involved in all kinds of outreaches in California. I know that when you came out here, even as an 80-plus-year-old, you're an octogenarian. <laughs> You said, I am not going to give up serving those in need. And you came with us, actually, over to Fredericksburg Road in Blanco to partner with uh, Iglesia Cristo Vive. And, and COVID hit again and in sort of a, a strong way. And now you've had surgery, and there's just a, a lot going on. And you felt like, Lord, I want to be involved. I've seen you in tears 
What's it been like to, to walk with the Lord in the midst of surgery, in the midst of wanting to be involved and feeling like, Lord, I want to be involved? Well, in a sense, I feel like Jeremiah. I do a lot of cry, crying because I feel his presence every day. When I was in the hospital. Yeah. When I was in the hospital, I had an experience I've never had before. Picture a, a, a hospital room, and it's kind of dark with a few small lights. And I'm sitting there thinking about I don't know what, but all of a sudden, his presence was so strong, it felt like I don't know, I was thinking of the upper room and how the Holy Spirit just came upon him. And he came upon me so strong that the world didn't exist. I was enveloped in him. He just possessed me totally, completely. I've never felt anything so beautiful, so amazing, so wonderful. God was with me in a personal way that I've never felt before. And I think that's available to everybody that opens up their heart to him. It, it was just an amazing time and I want more of it. Oh, do I want more of it? You know, we just bought a home in Spring Branch and each one of us has our own room so I can close my door and get away from everything and just inviting his presence every single day of my life and, and I, I recommend that you, you spend time with him. We need him. We need to hold, come Holy Spirit, please, as the song was saying. Can't get enough of him because with, if he don't fill you, who will? The world? What do they have to offer? The government? They're going to solve your problems, right? No. No, only my Heavenly Father can do that. Oh, I, I encourage you so much. Allow him to be part of your life in a deeper, more beautiful and understanding way. He is, sometimes I just don't have the words to explain how beautiful it was. It is, he's just waiting for your invitation. But see, God, God will not go anywhere he's not invited. And he loves you so much, so much. And when I go out on the streets, so many people are hurting. They want answers. And each one of you have the answers through your son, for their son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, who guides us, teaches, shows us, cleanses us from the inside out. You know, God says, I'll, I'll accept you as you are, but he'll bug you until you change. He wants you to change come into the likeness of image of his son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died and rose again from the dead because without the resurrection, there was no life for any of us. Paul, I think over the season, especially you've realized just so much more of your identity in Jesus because you haven't been able to get it from the outer activities. Exactly. And he landed on you. I think right now, if you don't mind, I think there are people online. Hopefully, we've got some glitches online. Uh, we're figuring things out. And there's some people here, too, that used to see their worth in, in what they did, even in the church, even in God activity. 
but there was a moment where the Lord reached you in your hospital bed and showed you something more powerful than anything. Would you mind just praying for those people who just kind of feel down and out right now, like they're on the bench, but the Lord still has identity for them? Would you mind just praying for them? Father, I lifted every individual here and online, Father. There's no distance in prayer, Father. He can reach you wherever you are, in the darkest of dark and in the wherever you are, Father. Uh, the Father can reach you, Father. So I lift each individual up physically, mentally, spiritually, Father. Help them to understand who, you, who they are in you and you and them, Father. Open up the eyes of their understanding. Enlighten their minds to a life that can be led through the Holy Spirit, Father. I invite the Holy Spirit to come and touch each individual here and online, Father. Touch them in the deepest depths of their soul, Father. Oh, hallelujah, Father. Father, you says, you know I have the plans. I, I know the plans I have for you, plans that are good, plans that will prosper, plans that will lift you up and, not, and give you a future, not lead you down. So, Father, open up the portals of heaven and, and bless them in all these different ways, Father, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you all just lay a hand, just extend a hand to Paul. Lord Jesus, we ask for your continued hand on this man who so desperately wants to be with you in the streets. Come, Holy Spirit, give him, give him the desire of his heart. And in the meantime, Lord, show him your presence and your love. Right in that, that closet, Lord, that he's made just for you. Thank you, Lord. Bless you in Jesus' name, Paul. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, you can put it back there. Thank you. It is so sweet that we get a chance to be in the family of God, in the church of God. You saw some young people singing this morning and sharing some gifts. An octogenarian here sharing his gift of testimony. If you want to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, ask Paul. He's got it inside out. It's very difficult to find our value outside of the church as we should. Most of us have been raised with a sort of wounding that takes us to places of trying to find validation for our productivity. And then when we get that validation for our productivity, I mean, we all like the idea of, what is it, up and to the left, up and to the left, up and to your left. Where the scales go up and we all love it. We go, oh, wow, I'm involved in something that's increasing. And that's great, as long as it's not the root of our identity. So what do we do? Well, today I, I want to center in on becoming a, a follower of Jesus Christ in this place. We follow Jesus in the church where the Holy Spirit releases his gifts. Each one of you has been blessed with a gift. And this place, God made this place, this church, so that you could experience his gifts in your life. So let me Lord, just pray uh, that you would speak this morning. I am, uh, you know who I am, God. And there's no way that anything life-giving could come from me except from you. God, I pray for every person here who comes with struggles and maybe even some oppression, God, from the enemy. We bind you in the name of Jesus, enemy. Satan and all of his demons, we bind you. We command you to go to the feet of Jesus, that the light of God, the truth of God, the identity of God might land on every single person in this room and online. Jesus, you are Lord. 
that you would be championed and raised and, and, and centered on in this place, we ask. In Jesus' name. So those gifts give us roles sometimes. And I had somebody challenge me this week. He said, you know, John, when you introduce yourself, you introduce yourself as one of the pastors. And I said, yeah. He said, why do you do that? Because I'm one of the pastors. Uh, In the vineyard, this is a vineyard church, we typically look at roles, especially senior pastor's roles, as places not to be put on a pedestal. We try not to raise up senior leadership in a place that really only God belongs, that it doesn't become a cult of personality. We have many people that preach. We have many people that lead worship. We try to involve the youth as much as possible. And so when I say I'm one of the pastors, it's not because I feel like I'm not important. I have an important role here. God has gifted me with specific gifts in order to help lead. In fact, when my wife and I uh, were sent out from the Sugarland Vineyard 10 years ago to help plant the church to really join in with a small group that was already there, we realized how significant the role of pastor was because the group could go in all kind of different directions, and it did. And it really ended up being a mess. There are, there's a role that I have as pastor. And when I say I'm just one of the pastors, it's not because I belittle the role. It's because I recognize that each one of you here in this room has a role. I'm one of the pastors, and we have many pastors. And there are many teachers, and there are many prophets. There's many of you evangelists and teachers. There's many of you that are called to add in to the family of God so that we can be about what God is doing. God made the church as this beachhead in a world that can only find identity in our productivity. And so I said, I'm I'm one of the pastors. I don't get up and say, hi, I'm John Arelli. I've led 50 people to Christ this year. God's really proud of me. I mean, how silly. Hi, my name is John Arelli. Uh, I've got a count for the nickels and noses here this morning, and I just want to say I'm responsible for that. God's really happy. No, I'm one of the pastors here. He has gifted me in a certain way to have a certain role in this space for the sake of this church. Why? Because the rest of the world is trying to claim your identity by your productivity. And those of you who are growing older and feeling less significant in your jobs or job changes or job losses, especially over COVID, this year has been a mess as far as that's concerned. We need more than ever, the world needs more than ever, the church to say you are not defined in your identity by your productivity. You are defined by the gifting that God gives you as part of his family. And each one of you is gifted. Now, you may be sitting there going, well, I don't know what my giftings are. How has God gifted me? Well, we've got a tool for that. There's an app for that. No, there's a church for that. The church is for the sake of surrounding you and those outside of the church and saying, come, the Lord has an identity for you, not even just based on your gift, but based on your childhood in the Father. He has called you his own. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, he's died, risen, and and seats at the right hand of the Father, and he says, you're mine. By my name, I claim you as my own. And because of that, the Holy Spirit comes, fills us, equips us, and gives us gifts for the sake of his body and for the world. Before I get to the scripture, just one quote by N.T. Wright. He says, the church is to be the place where together we learn how to be God's genuinely human beings. 
worshiping God and serving him by reflecting his image in the world. So I want to read from 1 Corinthians 12, 12. That's part of the role I get to bring this morning in reading, articulating the scripture, and allowing the Holy Spirit to breathe life into it for you in our lives and for the sake of our church. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes to this church who's just an absolute mess, finding identity in all kind of places, all kind of false gods. And he says, the human body has many parts. Anybody know that? Kids, did you know how many parts? A child came up to me last week and told me how many bones there are in the body. Any, any kid know? How many? About 200 bones in the body. Okay, so think about this. The human body has many parts. That's just bones, never mind all the other organs and everything else. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are Republicans, some of us are Democrats, some of us are rich, some of us are poor. He says some are slaves, some are free. But all of those identities fall down. We have all been baptized, washed of those identities as our first identity, washed baptized into his body by one spirit. And as we are baptized and we become one spirit, we share the same spirit and God makes us one body. This is far different from the world. The world can't make a body. The world can't make unity. Why? Because every single bit of identity is based on productivity. Who do we champion in the world? If I asked you to name one billionaire in the world, you could name one. So, somebody. Who's a billionaire in the world? Guy runs Amazon. Guy runs Amazon. Bill, Gates. Bill Gates. We all know those people. And because they're highly esteemed, what do we go after? Raise your hand if you want to be a billionaire. Come on, let's just be honest. It wouldn't be bad. We could do so much good with it, right? And maybe the Lord is calling you to that. That's not a bad thing. But it is not the way that the Lord defines who we are. Do you think the Lord cares if we come to him and go, Lord, I've got a billion. Check it out. And he goes, that's, that's nice. I've got all of the universe. <laughs> How much do you think Pluto is? And who would you buy it from? The Lord creates identity from within the church. It's so different than the way we set our identity. We're not a collection of winners. We're a collection of the church. And he continues, Paul continues to teach us about this. He says, the body has many different parts, not just Bill Gates. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, I'm not important because I don't have any money. That doesn't make it any less part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I don't have a house, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? 
but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Now, I want to speak a word, especially to you. We have some in the church that there's some, um, they're praying, they're asking Jesus to take them right today because they feel like they're absolutely useless. There are some today that just feel like, Lord, I'm in such pain, I, I want to go. And they, they, in the world, what would we say? Of course, let's just help them die. Let's just be nice to them and kind. And the Lord says, oh, this is my time. And I put you in my body for my purpose. Each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be, he says in verse 19, if it only had one part. What a weird church if we were just a bunch of winners. I mean, how weird. Who would need Jesus? Who would remind us of his love and his compassion? I was in small group the other night, and, um, you know, if you don't know that you need Jesus, he'll remind you, but he'll be kind about it. You, each person needs him desperately here. So I was in small group, and, and a friend of mine in small group was talking about how sometimes in certain spaces, he doesn't allow himself to be who he is. He kind of hides behind his role. And the Lord took his finger in my heart in the most gentle way and went, just like you. And I went, oh, Lord, I'm not sure if you don't keep going. And he went and he opened the door of this huge way that I need him just enough for me to like melt in tears. It was too overwhelming. Oh, Lord, I need you so much. Don't go. Don't go, Lord. Don't go. And he closed the door and I went, oh, my goodness, Lord, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take just how much I need you, knowing that there's so much brokenness in my life that I hide, that I hide behind my role, I hide behind whatever way I'm proud of myself, different identities, and he just opened the door of that space and he went, John, if you would let me set you free, but it's okay, we'll visit that later. How strange a body would be if we all just came with fake personas and facades, trying to be something important to one another, trying to be someone who can be needed, how weird it would be to be followers of Jesus that could only be validated by his cross, and yet we come together and fake it. How weird. How strange a body if we only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. There's a tendency, even in the church, to look at the weaker ones, maybe those with the most material need, maybe the ones we look down upon because we put the world's perspective on people. And we put on them a burden of should. Have you ever felt the burden of should? You should be more like, have you ever felt that? You should, you should. Let me tell you, should is not of the Lord. Should is of shame. Should is of shame. And if you're feeling the burden of should this morning, you should be more like, you should really in the name of Jesus, I release that off of you. 
Because the Lord is not asking you to wear shame. He's asking you to to wear his own identity, which he gives through his body. There's no should, there's your mind. And that's all that matters. You got some behavioral issues? Me too. There's no should. There's only him in saying, I love you. We don't look at anybody and say, I don't need you unless you should do this. No. In fact, some in the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You that have such physical issues that you just want to go and be with Jesus. Let me tell you today, you are some of the most valuable in our church. And if we haven't paid enough attention to the value of who Jesus says you are, especially within the body, then we all apologize. We are so sorry for putting our worldly paradigm on God's identity in you. We repent. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts that don't require the special care, so that God has put the body together such extra honor and care are given to the parts with less dignity. This is one of my favorite words in all the English language. So I dug into it, this word dignity. And I looked at this verse and I tried to put my Greek hat on and nerd it out. And it was so fun. Paul is using some backward language here that's getting to the place of feeling those here. And I know that those are here, are, some of you are feeling this. Like you have an empty womb. Like you have nothing to bring to the world. Behind the Greek language here, Paul is talking about people who feel like they have nothing to deliver. There's no deliverables in them. And in the language here, he says, we carefully protect those that don't feel like they have an identity. We protect them. We come around them. We bear with them. You ladies that have had babies, you know what the word bear means in delivery. When you bear down and this child is delivered. He's using some language here that says the body comes together for those that have no identity in their wombs. Nothing that we could see could be delivered. And we bear down with them. We bear together. For those who have empty souls is literally what the language looks like. We bear down with them and we infuse identity is what the language says. We together as the body, we bear with them so that the Holy Spirit gives them something that they could never have themselves. Not a deliverable for the world or in the world's eyes, not this up and to the left stuff, but a Holy Spirit given gift that brings life to the whole body. There's a picture that the Lord gave me about this kind of bearing down. Anybody ever had a toothache or a mosquito bite that just ruined your day? Do we think that those parts of our body are any less honorable? Teeth are really important, aren't they? And so what do we do? We go to the dentist. And we surround ourselves with people with drills. That bear into these places that really we see that life could really come from them. 
We invest, we bear, we come together because we believe that by the Holy Spirit, those that can't see life in them, the Holy Spirit will bring life in them. But we do that in the body of Christ. And this makes harmony, he says, among all the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. We bear down together for what God might give birth to in that person. And don't we want that body to be healthy? Don't we, church? Don't we want to spend energy on one another to see what God might bring in one another? And then as we practice with one another, church, don't we want to look out into the world, to a world that has no clue about what identity is because they don't have a church? Don't we want to lean into their lives and say, Boy, if you only knew what Jesus could bear through you. And I'm willing to do that with you. Would you come to church with me? All of a sudden, it's not a religious exercise anymore, is it? It's not a go and then to be entertained by some speaker who's much better than me. It's a place where we expect to come together for the sake of the Holy Spirit to bear life in people that could know, that couldn't bear life themselves. You young ones, you need those old ones. You old ones, you need those young ones. You healthy ones, you need the ones that aren't healthy. You poor ones, you need the ones that are rich. And you rich ones, you need the ones that are poor. So that the Holy Spirit might bear in you what you could not bear yourself. So we go from being empty souls to people who are filled with that favorite word of mine, dignity. When the Holy Spirit's present, there is more dignity in humanity, but it takes a bearing down of all of us. A laying down that Christ first gave us the example of himself. So I want to try out this humility this morning in a way that I saw modeled for me by a pastor from Northern Ireland, and now he's in California. And I want to ask somebody here, do you have five bucks? Literally, I'm asking for you to bring me five bucks this morning up here. I know nobody has cash on them. That's fine. But somebody does. And if you have five, just bring it up. If you don't mind me using it for the sake of giving you an example of what it means, a practical example. Thank you, Izzy, for taking me somebody else's five bucks. (laughs) We are seeing the body in motion. Okay. Who needs five bucks? Okay. We're not going to ask why. This is my daughter. I know that she doesn't need it, but she says she needs it. I'm going to trust her. All right, who's got five bucks? And just, oh, okay, we got some more. All right, I'm gonna, oh, okay. I'm gonna add a little bit of mine into here. All right, this is, oh, we got more, okay. But now we've got 35, I think, 40, okay. Oh, we've got more. Oh my goodness. I love when the kids get involved. Okay, I think we've got 50 bucks here. Who needs 50 bucks? Okay, Xander. I love having the kids in here because they're honest. Here you go, Xander. Who's got five bucks? Anybody else have five bucks? I think the Lord wants to do something here. I don't think he's done. And I think the kids are being honest where the adults aren't willing. They're not willing to bear down.
Thank you, Xander. I don't know how much is here, but it's a lot more than 50 bucks, and somebody really needs it here. Would you be willing to bear down as part of the body and accept this from the body, please? I know you need it. This is how we work together. We bear down together. Who needs it? This is not a shame thing. This is not, you should have this yourself. You should have earned it. No, no, no. Not in this place. Not in the name of Jesus. You all know what you have and what you're willing to give. We're not done just because we, we end this practice this morning of who's got five bucks. Our church exists for the sake of leaning in. I, okay, we're not done yet. Okay, fine. One more. Who's got five bucks? We've got five bucks. Who's... The Lord's doing something more because a teenager came up to me and said, we are. All right, there's somebody here who needs this. I'm not going to tell you how much it is, but it's, it, it just keeps growing. And you know you need it. Thank you, Xander. Could it be someone online? Carol, can you keep track of that? If that's somebody there, there is somebody there? Or are you keeping track? Who needs this? There's somebody here who needs it. Maybe it's too much. Maybe you're not willing to bear down in public. It's going to go to you at the end of the service. And I'm going to entrust it to somebody who you're not going to care getting it from. Okay? We'll announce it just at the end. Just the other day, we made an offer on a house across the parking lot. We made an offer on that house because we knew that our homeless friends didn't feel welcome here. We knew that we had to create a separate place for our friends that didn't like the cameras around this place, but we also knew we had to make a place where the museum knew that their clientele would be run off if we had a bunch of homeless people here. So we made a, a house came available. It never went on the market. It came available to us. We've already had people in there this weekend to inspect it, and we barely have enough for the down payment, but we're going for it. Because we believe that the body of Christ exists so that those with no dignity would be invested in within the body of Christ so that they would have something to bear, not on their own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Lord has given to the church for the sake of the world. We know this is right. In our souls, we know it's right. The children have given this morning because they know it's right. 
We're risking, each one of us, whatever you gave this morning, I know some of you risked beyond for the sake of somebody who needs this. We do it because we are confident that we know it's right, that when the Holy Spirit comes, there is more dignity in humanity, and we see it within the life of the church. That's what being a follower of Jesus means. That's what being a disciple of Jesus means. Would you stand with me this morning? God has ministry for some of you today that need to lay down the false identities, that need to live for him in a way that says, I am for you, Jesus, and that's all that matters because what I want to bear in my life, I know is much more than what I could ever accomplish in my own strength. So for those of you who need to say yes to Jesus this morning, I welcome you to say yes to him with me this morning. Lord Jesus, you are my savior. I want to follow you. Forgive me for my false identities. Forgive me for doing what I know is wrong. I ask you to come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to follow you and you alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There were some words this morning. A team was praying for you. They were using their gifts for the sake of you. Up on the screen, specifically some folks that have a broken spirit. You just know that like only Jesus could heal you up. Someone with back pain. Someone that says the, the Lord says it, it's not too late. <laughs> we didn't know these words when we started the service. God shall provide all your needs. That's a word for someone this morning. And maybe what's happened this morning is just a down payment on what God wants to do. We have ministry teams here. Come during this last song as we worship together. Come and lay down your right to the way you're perceived and come to Jesus so he can bless you and give you the truest identity to set you free. We're going to wait and just worship together and allow for the Holy Spirit to keep speaking to you. And we won't leave until he does.
today, I uh, want to remind you for those um, who gave today towards somebody else's burden, we're going to keep these finances and uh, put them in Xander's uh, hand. Xander, I want you to take this money and somebody's going to come and prompt you to take it, okay? trust you with it. You know why? Because you kept giving it back. Okay? So someone go up to Xander before we leave today, and somebody's going to take this from you that needs it, okay? Okay. There are some of you that are wondering, how am I gifted? I want you to go to gps.missionvineyard.org. gps.missionvineyard.org. It is our way of collecting uh, all of these gifts. And... Um, we want to encourage you. We have somebody that's on staff specifically to breathe life into these gifts. It is the core blessing of our body that you would be exposed to what God is doing in you for the sake of the body, okay? Would you receive this blessing? That you go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit as part of the body of Christ to be released into the world for His glory that those without identity, those without dignity would receive dignity. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's Andrew. You can go by the door and wait.